<laughs> I'll admit, I think my favorite thing about this movie might be uh, very naive. <laughs> Minute 29 of From Russia With Love. I'm Brian. And I'm Brad. This is the podcast that takes the longest running, smoothest, suavest, most debonair spy franchise there is and shakes it out one minute at a time. Never stirred. This is Bond. Minute Bond. And sir, I must apologize. Uh, yeah. Passing gas is natural. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't edit in that fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we, one of two things, I thought we learned. I thought that it was his father because I thought he was going to, I thought he made a reference to his father and points at the picture, mm. um, but he doesn't. So I'm not, maybe I'm thinking of a different Bond movie. And we also didn't find out what the female was in there, but maybe it's later on in the movie. Yeah, it might be, might be next time that we find, next time we see Karen Bay that we find out why she was in there. But I know for sure we find out when she, why she was in there because I remember exactly what they were doing. That's not what you think. <laughs> It was sex. <laughs> Damn it. I, knew I didn't think you'd think of that. <laughs> he needs a new employee. Oh, my God. Please don't. <laughs> that is his employee. No. <laughs> wait, what? Wait, what? What? Wait. No, I'm, I don't know what you just implied, but I was implying he was going to make a new employee. Did you just say that that's his daughter? <laughs> was that his daughter? No, no. I don't okay, know. that's the only spoiler I want to know, so I stop making sex jokes. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't believe it. Is. Now to find out that's his daughter or granddaughter, and I'd be like, ah, uh, ah. I, don't, I don't believe they tell you, but um, yeah, I don't. I don't believe it's his daughter. They were. They were. They were doing something else. Okay, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> so basically, the only thing we really find out in this in this minute is that basically, Kieran Bay protects himself by hiring his family because in his mind blood is thicker than water so everybody he says it's the largest pay or largest family payroll in turkey and he says ask him if he wants a coffee he says yes medium sweet so then he calls in the guy the guy is his son he said the chauffeur that was my son also so he's saying like blood's thicker than water i keep people around me to protect me like my family because i know they were not going to like screw me over or anything like that we also found out that uh, kieran bay started his life off breaking chains and bending bars in the circus and that's how he made his fortunes with his um, teeth with his teeth he makes a, a funny joke about his best or one of his good friends and he's pointing out his nose and he says something doesn't smell right <laughs> So then Bond kind of lets him in on why he's there, why he's in his head bowl for Electra Machine. You know, kind of the whole reason for this whole movie. So then they bring in the coffees and the minute pretty much comes to an end. But basically the only things we really find out is how Kieran Bay made his money to start with and that um, everybody around him is family, like legitimate family, not Fast and the Furious family. <laughs> well, that's interesting that you said blood is thicker than water, though, because it ties into what I teased at the beginning of this episode, which is... Did you know that the original phrase that blood is thicker than water is based on is actually the blood of the, the hmm? yeah the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of uh, of the womb yeah which which, means, is, which is basically meaning the the family that you choose is better than the family that you have yeah so the fast family is more loyal than uh, a blood family might be. <laughs> And, you know, the, as soon as I heard that of uh, his line about that, I flashed back to Stardust, which is an early What's, Matthew Vaughn film. 
Oh, it's, okay. Yeah. Because uh, Stardust, when you say that to me, it was is an old 90s wrestler. So I had no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. No, it's a great movie with Robert De Niro, Michelle Pfeiffer, just a uh, Henry Henry Cavill before he was Superman, Charlie Cox before he was Daredevil. How good is how good is the um the De Niro? Is it made fun of? How good is the De Niro role in that movie? And two second follow up question: Bucking Was it made excellent? Was it made fun of in the neighbors when they had their Robert De Niro day? Uh, one I didn't I don't remember any Robert De Niro reference in Neighbors. Isn't um, that the one? Isn't that the one where um what's his name has a sorority next door? Yeah, I just don't or remember. fraternity or whatever. Yeah, I just don't remember. Oh, okay, because they that they moment. do meet the Falkers. They had Taxi Driver. They had another one too that just, I'm not I'm drawing a blank on, but yeah, I'll, I just don't remember any of that, so I I can't tell you. Um, fan fucking tastic movie, but the uh the thing that kicks it all off is the elder father the actor in uh oh what's the lawrence of arabia peter o'toole peter o'toole yeah yeah he we talked about a few minutes ago in the same recording session for anyone who's interested why i just got so excited um he dies and his seven sons are competing to be the next king and many it's a family tradition that the sons kill each other and whoever's oh, left left standing is the next king. So, so Peter O'Toole killed his other brothers. That's sweet. Yes, like literally. <laughs> I think there's a line early on. It was like, uh, my father didn't even have a cough. It was something like, my father hadn't even developed a cough before. All my other brothers were dead. <laughs> um, that's crazy. Um, so that's so- why I said this might be naive because greed is greed is greed. I mean, how yeah. Padmavat had family members killing each other to yeah. be sultan. Yeah, that's funny. So, I fun fact: since I watched Lawrence of Arabia, mm-hmm. um, Peter O'Toole is actually like six three or six four in real life. So that's why he walks funny in the movies. Is because if he stood up, he was too tall next to his co actors. Um, so he was his head was actually out of frame <laughs> to make sure that they get the the tiny French um, politician or whatever that he, that he's with. Who's like five three, five four? Um, so the, with the framing of the camera, he actually had to he had, he had to crouch walk to make himself um, fit in frame with him. So that's why he walks so funny when he's w- with that guy. I really need to rewatch that because I think it's it's a it's got to be at least twelve years since I've seen that movie. Um, I'm glad I've seen it. It's it's long, it's drawn out, but it's not as drawn out as like the good, the bad, and the ugly is where. You know, every scene is like there's like 45 seconds of dead silence for no reason. Just them, just the camera staring at them doing nothing. It's like, I know what you mean. The awkward silence of who's going to speak first. It's like when you and your friends stare at each other and like, I don't know what to say. We've talked about everything. So we're just going to stare at each other. And then one of us is going to break the silence by saying something like 45 seconds later. <laughs> just that awkwardness. You could have cut that whole movie down to about an hour from three hours down to about an hour. You just took out all those silences. All right. So if there wasn't a big ass picture of a guy smoking a cigar on the desk, I'd say I was racist because I did not expect a cigarette to come out of that box. <laughs> <laughs> what would you expect um, out of that box? I expected a cigar. Okay. Fair enough. Like, dude who's smoking a cigar in the picture. The guy looks a little like Pablo Escobar, closer than Bond does, let's just say. So that's why I said I I would have been racist if not for that picture. 
because uh, I really didn't expect cigarettes. At 10 seconds, what is he holding in his hand? Because it looks like a marker with a half-burnt cigarette sticking out of it. 10 seconds. Uh, it's definitely a cigarette, but he's not smoking it, which, considering he has throat cancer, I don't blame him for not wanting to smoke it for real. It looks like a man's version of those old, like, yeah, two-foot-long cigarettes. That's what I was going to say, because at that time they thought it was healthier to do it that way, or... Oh. Um, because, like, even... I don't want to laugh. Old Corella DeVille mm-hmm. had one of those. Hers was super long, but yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's just so he doesn't have to hold it into his hands. You know, like Bond holds his between his fingers. I think he puts it in the, the thing and just breathes through the tube and it just sucks it dry. But yeah, at this time, he's also battling throat cancer too. So I don't know. I don't know what the logic is back then. If they just wanted a part of his character, if it was something to do with his health related. I will say I, I'm leaning much more on the side of this guy's a good guy. Only because I thought it was so sweet how he talked about his sons. <laughs> like <laughs> at least how he talked about it sounded affection. Like I could hear the affection in his voice, if that makes sense. I really also liked that he just did the either it's a total coincidence that he also likes medium sweet coffee, or he just decided to drink the same drink as his guest, which is small, but Yeah, I think I, like I think that. he just I think he just um orders it just to order the same, just so it's two of this, you know. Versus, you know, I want one sweet, one unsweet. Yeah, I like that. Did M actually think Bond was wasting his time? Because M calls Bond to the office for the mission, and they both say, yeah, it's a trap, but we need it. But if there's a chance. And they didn't no, seem we... to be arguing, right? No. I, th- I think they both agree on it. I mean, they're falling right in line with um, Five, Agent Five or whatever, and his plans i guess but um yeah i mean they the british know that they you know they have to go after this even though they know it's they know it's a setup karen bay knows it's a setup but the prize is worth it to spring that trap yeah so i the reason i asked that just to confirm was because i find it curious at around like 34 seconds or wherever it is that he i want to know why bond is saying m thinks i'm wasting my time here either because he's just like i mean yeah they both kind of think he might be wasting his time here but since there's a chance there's a chance or did he read karen bay and then decided to tell him what he wanted to hear and just used m or you did i i don't think i said that well i i know what you mean um, you're saying, did he read Kieran Bay and say what he needed to say to to move to be positively progressing? Yeah, kind of like he could just guess that Kieran Bay was going to be like, you're fucking wasting your time, dog. So he yeah. extended that he out to yeah. create a bond, covalent uh... bond, <laughs> um, which is a reference to the after party, which was referencing 21 Jump Street. Which is referencing the only thing anybody remembers from high school science. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. (laughs) (laughs) I just loved how much of a curveball that was because I was like, I didn't remember covalent bonds from high school. What the fuck? Nobody does. Nobody does. The, the only thing anybody remembers from high school is, or from high school science is mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Uh, uh, well, I, I remembered Osmosis Jones. Yeah. Um, with, um, oh, who's that actor? Bill Murray. Nope. I'm thinking of Jones. Um, he, he played, he played Osmosis Jones. Who was the actor that played Osmosis okay. Jones? 
And it's something Jones. But I also liked how he <laughs> references that was Chris, nose that was Chris Rock. That's dumb. Yeah, Chris Rock that played Osmosis Jones. I like how he referenced that his nose was an old friend of his. <laughs> uh, also, going back to your Pablo Escobar <laughs> comparisons. <laughs> Cocaine. Yeah, cocaine. I can't even put that together when I said it. But um Yeah, kinda also interesting that she make her own arrangements, the Russian uh spy. Yeah. The one the one that's turning or the one that's, you know, um double aging or um no, she, I guess she is turning because she wants she's wants to trade the electric machine for passage to, to London or passage I, out but of But I know what you mean because she's not actually yeah. turning. Yeah, well, it's we saw the plot. We saw the plot with Agent Three, so we know we know how that we've we've seen the. It's a weird movie because we've already seen like the bad guy monologue in the front half. So it's it's weird than the fact that it's backwards. Normally, you know, you get Bond stumbles upon the problem, and then bad guy catches Bond, has a monologue, tells him the entire plan, doesn't kill him. Bond escapes, and then figures it out so this is weird because it tells you everything the front half this is the here's the monologue here's the problem now bond has to figure it out has to trip into it yeah that's also curious because i'm remembering a screenwriting rule that you should very rarely be ahead of the characters of a story or the audience shouldn't be ahead of them many times except in you know cases where I don't know, you find out who the killer is a couple scenes early. So every scene they're with that killer, you're like, ah, the tension, yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, I wonder how it'll play when we watch the whole movie as a movie. But that just makes it even more interesting that they gave us so much information. And now I'm curious how 